You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. As always, I like to start out with a few announcements, and one for sure is uh, announcing the fact that a good friend of mine, longtime buddy from way back in Vegas Heights in Las Vegas, Mr. Eddie Bunch, will have his, uh, I think Eddie will be 71 or maybe 72 like me on uh, February 14th. So happy birthday to you, Eddie. And once again, as I mentioned last week, because his uh, actual services is coming up on February 21st, and that is uh, retired assistant fire chief Herschel Clady out of Los Angeles County, a great friend, a mentor, a father, a brother, nephew. I mean, just a a great individual. And as I mentioned to you guys uh, last week, Anything that me and Marsha was doing, he would he and his wife would come over to participate with us. And the last time, in fact, with his new wife, Dee, they came over and attended our 50th wedding anniversary. And in fact, he uh, even spoke about the things that I've done in the community to include. He mentioned the fact that I now run the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful brother who also taught me a lot about the game of golf. In fact, he told me, look, you are going to learn the game or you're going to quit. He said, you either, you either love golf or you hate it. And he said, the other thing, you're going to learn how to play because you're going to get tired of giving people your money. And sure enough, I, I play a lot better today than I did when I first started. But uh, I, uh, I honor this brother. I honor this man because of the work that he's done. He was such a giving person. And I, in fact, I last spoke to him a, a couple of weeks ago prior to going up to another friend's uh, memorial, and that's Dudley Trusty Bino out of San Jose, current, was currently living in Monterey, California. <clears throat> in fact, um, I've mentioned this before on this show, but I think it's important to mention again with regards to Trusty, he and uh, also deceased, the late Virgis Porter out of Clark County Fire Department, they put together what they call the Southwest Region uh, Retirees Program, where we come together, fellowship, and also we would play some golf. And the golf, of course, was led by Herschel because he knows the ins and outs of the game. And I spent a lot of time with Herschel golfing in particular because uh, another friend who's uh, transitioned, Mr. James Walker. We used to go down with Herschel, with Herschel and his guys. Every three months, we'd go down, drive down, and, and play golf. And and he, Marsh, and, and all of us would go out to dinner 
Then we'd play another round of golf. We'd play two days, and then we'd head back to Las Vegas. In fact, uh, I asked, I called James one morning. I said, man, where, where are you guys at? He said, man, we in Barstow. Barstow. After that, I told Marsha, we got to get up early and get out of here, beat all the traffic. But I, I miss those guys already uh, because of the work that they did in community and um, look forward to attending uh, retired Assistant Chief Herschel Clady's uh, memorial, funeral, et cetera, in the coming weeks. So to his family, we, uh, we express condolences again. With that, once again, this is 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, the host of Veterans Affairs Plus, and first guest whom I called just a few moments ago. And, I, you know, I'm a very transparent person. I ain't going to try to sit up here and like I had Spike all set up. This is Mr. Spike Jones, um, William Spike Jones, uh, retired deputy chief out of St. Louis Fire Department. And he has written a book. And I just want to say that uh, this book that I finished today, it's a pretty short read. It's called The Fire Within, William Spike Jones. And he talks about... Uh, a lot about his fire department that he attended and some of the different discriminatory practices that occurred there. And it's a good read for anyone, particularly fire service, but I would say that this is a good book in terms of leadership and just how to treat your fellow human, uh, humankind or human being. It's a good, re- good book to read, uh, The Fire Within. Chief Spike Jones, how are you doing today? Thank you, brother, for that plug there. Appreciate <laughs> it. I'm waking up, getting up, and trying to stay up. <laughs> right on, right on. So, Spike, uh, tell us, uh, how, how did you come about uh, writing this book? And and that's an intriguing title, The Fire Within. Talk to us. How did I come about it? Well, mm-hmm. somebody say everybody's got a story. And if you don't tell it, somebody might tell it and somebody might not tell it so it's it's my story you know mm-hmm. and uh my grandkids i thought about it i said well i would have loved to have had a story you know about my grandfather right now you know mm-hmm. I, uh, great-grandfather so basically i was doing it for the kids right you know my family let them know some of the trials and tribulations that i went through in mm-hmm. the title of the book the fire within uh I spent 35 years in the St. Louis Fire Department, and uh, I went through maybe 25 or 30 different acts of what I consider discrimination, mm-hmm. and few of power within me. Uh, the first being, uh, after being on the job for three months, they sent me subbing, and uh, I worked downtown from St. Louis, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't have a car. And he said, I had, I got to work. I said, well, you got to go subbing. So I packed my duffel bag, you know, with my boots, helmets, right. food, uh, bedding, and an army duffel bag that I got my cousin who had come home from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking. And so I said, well, I, I missed the bus. I don't have a car. It's only a mile and a half to the next fire station. Let me walk. So I took off walking. And as I'm walking, I see uh, the fire chief and his driver. You know, I said, oh, they're going to give me a lift. And I'm just waving and waving and waving. I'm six foot four, and I got this green duffel bag on my back. Right. You know, it's January, and it's cold in St. Louis. You know, right now it's about, I don't know, 10, mm-hmm. 15 degrees. Mm-hmm. 
said, another going to be a rat. You know, they normally give people rats to do some firehouses, you know. They just kept going. And my <laughs> head fell down, Dave. When they fell down, I looked down and I saw this crack. It was an auction block where black people were sold. Mm-hmm. Mm. Families were separated. Where a lot of other, I can, my imagination just runs away with me. Right. What could have happened back then to those people in this spot? And I stood there and I looked at it for a minute. And I shook my head and I said, oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> and when I got firehouse, the chief pulled off the apron and he left the firehouse, but they knew they were going there to pick up reports. Right. So that was like the beginning of fueling this fire with me. Mm-hmm. And I can go back a little bit uh, before that, when I was first called, they asked me if I still wanted some job. Right. You know, I'm back on that. And I told him, yeah, I, I'd like to have a job. Mm-hmm. And I found out I was 27 on the list. Mm. But the class that I was in, I was in with people uh, were in the hundreds, 170 on the list. And I'm like, how did that happen? How did they pass me up? So I called the guy, the Department of Personnel, and I asked him, I said, well, hey, how did that happen? The guy said, tells me, he says, well, we we didn't have your address. <laughs> he didn't have my address. I, I said, but you got my phone number. My <laughs> phone number was on the application with my address. <laughs> so... <laughs> I knew the guy was glad right there. Right, the day, right. That what happened in St. Louis, they had a quota system. Mm-hmm. To where it, uh, when I came on, it was 40 black firefighters. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't hire another firefighter unless one retires, dies, uh, got injured, or got fired. Mm-hmm. And so one of the guys dropped out of the academy, okay? And, and thus they called me. Mm-hmm. Spike, so... Yeah, go ahead. Something I wanted to, you know, I know I jumped right into your book, but you are a native of St. Louis? Yes, yes, sir. Now, you played semi-pro basketball. Give us a little feeling on that. Well, I, I, I played over in France, England, Union, uh, uh, England mm-hmm. uh, back in with uh, junior college. The coach of our team was the coach of England's national team at one particular point. Mm-hmm. And he particularly had a hookup. And we were we played against the caliber of basketball players that uh, played pro here in the United States. Or maybe they were cut or they tried out for pro, didn't make it, they mm-hmm. were in college. And they, they would pay those individuals, these little small towns over like Belgium, in Belgium like Bruges, um, in France, Lyon, France. They all had little uh, basketball team, mm-hmm. and they would play against one another. And you know the the, the caliber of players, were, as I speak of, you know, were players that either play pro ball or they got college players that just make the pro. Right. But they would pay them. That was a lot of money. Nineteen seventy, twenty five thousand dollars, a lot of money, and give them a car and a place to stay. And so they were over in Europe, you know, playing basketball. And right. You look at the NBA. They have a lot of players that are uh, 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 from Europe, mm-hmm. you know, from Poland, Holland, Germany, that's playing basketball in the NBA right now. Mm. Very good. Mm. So, Spike, <clears throat> excuse me, as you as you came up and went to school and grew up there in the city of St. Louis, what made you or what inspired you or whatever the case may be to join the fire department? It was simple, Dave. I needed a job. 
<laughs> okay. Hey, that's straight to the, looked, straight to the point. I saw Ed about big as my little baby finger. Uh-huh. Five, you know, uh-huh. uh, what was it? It was 7200 a year. $7,200 a year. That was mm-hmm. a lot of money. Absolutely, back you know? in the 70s. <laughs> mm-hmm. 1972, to be exact. Right. I said, I'm a good job, you know. And I was in shape from playing basketball. You know, we ran six miles before uh, we started practice. Right. Know. So how long was your training mm-hmm. academy when you when you actually started? I'm thinking eight weeks. Eight weeks. Okay. Eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about yeah. what we did here. It was eight weeks, and then it's expanding. I'm thinking they have 14, 16 weeks now with the EMT training and other things that have been added to mm-hmm. to our uh, to our profession. Mm-hmm. I got I got Marsha sitting here. She wouldn't want to put on no earphones and take a mic to ask you some questions. I just picked her Hi, from Marcia. the. <laughs> She's waving. <laughs> okay, I'm waving at her because I speak. <laughs> right on, right on. So, Spike, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot in your book, particularly about EDI. Share some thoughts with our mm-hmm. listening audience because each time that that EDI is coming forward you know i always try to make sure i do some marketing and advertising and talking about it Mm -hmm. on the show so give us some give some feedback or some information to our listening audience about it because we do have firefighters listening to our show oh okay let me begin with i don't want to start this off well um i'm in milwaukee Mm -hmm. at a firefighters black firefighters uh convention right and this is 1990 or so. I think it was the 19. I don't excuse me on the dates, but it was in the early 90s. And um, I did a workshop there, and it was some brothers from uh, Jackson, Mississippi, that has a lawsuit in mm-hmm. regards to testing of public mobility in the fire service. Right. And they went, "Hey, man, can you come down to Jackson, Mississippi? You and Chairman George, who was the fire chief and commissioner here in St. Louis, but not at that time." Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he was just a fire captain. Mm-hmm. We both were fire captains and uh, do a workshop. So we went there. We did a workshop in Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, the results of that workshop, 20 blacks were promoted to captain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, later on, they called us back. And four or five guys made deputy uh, chief. And then one ended up being the chief of the fire department, mm-hmm. doing workshops. Right. We went to uh, Alabama. And in Birmingham, uh, there was a group of guys, Carl Cook and Dave Mary. They were having, uh, they were on the Today Show, out or CBS, complaining about discrimination in the fire service. Right. And they had called, by the, I call him the godfather of, of the fire department. Yes, Dr. Carl Holmes. Okay. And they asked Carl if he could come down and do a workshop. Mm-hmm. The federal government proved that the best type of testing with the testing should deal with uh, what they call an assessment center. Right. And an assessment center basically measure your skills and abilities. And what I mean by skills and abilities, like if you get your driver's license, they give you a multiple choice test. Mm-hmm. And then they put behind the wheel to see if you can apply those that knowledge right. which would be your skills and abilities. Mm-hmm. So they call it K 
uh, as A. And it's pretty hard to measure your skills and ability with just a multiple choice test. True. So this was our expertise in dealing with with with, with testing mm-hmm. in the fire service. Mm-hmm. And uh, after we finished Jackson, Mississippi, Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. back up in Birmingham first. Right. Um, and in Birmingham, uh, Dwayne, I called him Dave. Right. <laughs> you did in the book. It's, 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 it's Dwayne. Uh-huh. Mary, he ended up being the fire chief in Birmingham, Alabama. Right. And he's also the fire chief in Dakota, uh, Daytona, Florida. But anyway, successful mm-hmm. there. Call, say, well, right, why don't you and Cameron come on down and be instructors? I'd like to have you all down uh, instructors at Florida A&M. We have this program called Executive Development. And he said, yeah, okay. Right. So we rolled that program, and we got down there ran into people from across the country that all of them had experiences about how to train people. You mentioned Herschel Clady. He was involved with the riots out mm. there on the West Coast. Right. And he was actually there, you understand? Mm-hmm. And he could talk about the riots to the firefighters, which was a collection of firefighters from across the United States, mm-hmm. UK and the Caribbean, you know, mm-hmm. primarily black, right. whites there. And also, that attended. That's right. And so it's been a beautiful program. Uh, it was so great that the, what, what I want to say, the FEMA tried to take the program. They That's wanted right. the program. Yes. I because recall We that. were getting more promoted. And I'm talking <laughs> about the 60 instructors of the caliber of myself, yep. Herschel, and you, and Eugene, and Bert. That's right. Oh, you all. You understand? I'm talking about 60 of us and everybody telling their stories, mm-hmm. specialized in budget planning, you understand, and how to uh, deal with, uh, what do you call it, what's it, uh, strengths, weaknesses, uh, what do they call that? The yeah, the SWAT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the SWAT. SWAT, SWAT analysis. Strengths. Uh-huh. And then we have opportunities, threats, yeah. Well. And, and so, so fantastic, in fact, I think three of the, we had a night session. You go to class all day. Mm-hmm. After you ate in the evening from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock, you had to listen to people that were brought in by Dr. Holmes, such as uh, we had the general that told him to put those guns down in Illinois when he got off that helicopter. Who was it? Honoré. Honoré. Yeah. yeah. Come on, put them, put them damn guns down. <laughs> <laughs> we had to speak, you know, and the students uh, could ask questions that, you know, that, they didn't see on TV. That's right. You know? He was he was a yeah. heck of a, a speaker and a general. Spike, as we wind mm-hmm. up our time, I, I want to, again, encourage people to uh, get his book. Tell us how they can get the book, Spike, because I think it's it's a good read, y'all. The Fire Within. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the publisher has a link out. Okay. To where it is. And, I, you know, I don't have that uh, link in front of me. But uh, there is, they can Google my name, The Fire Within. And, and if you Google William Spike Jones, uh, right. it should pop up. Right? Okay. And, and I, what I'll, I'll do is I'll get additional back. information because we'll have further shows and I'll make sure that we get this information out. And this is a wonderful, wonderful uh, way to start off uh, Black History Month. In fact, uh, I appreciate your time, particularly Spike, on short notice. So, Thank you, my friend, and I will be in touch, and I will let you know how you can listen to this show even in St. Louis and around the world. 
This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. Just had the guest, retired Deputy Chief William Spike Jones. Thanks, Spike. Good morning once again. This is Dave Washington. This is 91.5 Jazz and More. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on on this good radio station that really helps us out. And I have a, a surprise guest. His name is Mr. Arkey with the Black Achievement Fund. Arkey, how you doing, young man? I am doing great. Yourself? Uh, wonderful, wonderful. I want to very quickly let the 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 listening audience know that for the Springs Preserve has a Black History Festival. It's going to be Saturday, February 18th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Tickets are limited, so you need to check it out online. Arky, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Can't be doing better. Good. Give us an update. You haven't been on the show in a while, and I'm glad you were able to make it today for me. Yes, yes. Well, we have a great, great update. Um, we have opened our very first Kemet Club, which is our members-only uh, I would say like our own cafe lounge type of area here in mm-hmm. Atlanta, Georgia. Uh-huh. And tonight we have some of our members who, uh, young guys who just formed the band and they just had their very first performance as a band in our Kemet Club on Friday, which was a great, great, great success. We had standing room only. Mm. So it's just one example of what we can accomplish with just $9 a month from a small group of people. Absolutely. Everything that we have there at the Kimmick Club is funded by our model, uh-huh. 10 million black people, $9 a month equals $90 million a month and over a billion dollars a year. You've heard me say it a billion times. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But, but that's, that's the model. Yeah, and we got we to continue working. And every opportunity as I'm doing my little part-time job for the Wellness Center, when I have an audience, I always tell people, check this out, the Black Achievement. Just Google them, and it'll tell you all the things that they're doing, things that we got to do collectively as a people to ensure that we have things that's going to help us to grow. And uh, we have the money. It's just a matter of us pooling the money. So your model is a great one, you and your team, and uh, continue to do that good work. So what else is going on with you, my friend? Um, I just wanted to also shout out our international members. We continue to get members from out of the country. Also, I want to shout out a Black Achievement Fund family. We have one of our members, um, Sister Wendy. She is doing absolute free training for medical billing and coding certification and Internet U-Fiber um, uh, certification. Oh, and this is like a $3,000 course. Oh, wow. And here a member is willing to give three Black Achievement Fund members each six months mm. um, an opportunity to do that. And once they get their certification, she starts them off with $25 an hour. Oh, wow. That yeah. is excellent. So these are the things that our members are doing. It's not just the 10 million people, the $90 million. It's the community that we're building together and the ways in which we are supporting each other through the Black Achievement Fund Network. And the connections are just going on and on and on. If you look at our Kemet Club, if any of you guys go to baf.solutions backslash Kemet Club, 
and that's K-E-M-E-T Club, you'll see uh, images of the Kimmich Club. But we had a art show to kick off the Kimmich Club. And this is a part of how the Black Achievement Fund works with our businesses to promote their businesses and to utilize our platform as a resource for our business members to get new clients. All the artwork in the Kimmich Club right now comes from one of our business partners mm-hmm. who owns an art gallery here in Atlanta, and they've been only one for over 40 years. Great. So by us having the Kimmich Club, now they get to have another outpost to sell their artwork to another market without having to pay overhead for another store. Great. And in exchange, we get 20% commission for whatever we sell. Excellent. So this is just you know, another way that it just makes sense all across the board. Sure, absolutely. In fact, you're doing a great job, Mr. President, so keep doing what you're doing. And um, thank you, thank you. we're going to always be looking for an opportunity to give you an opportunity to come on uh, Veterans Affairs Plus to, to talk about what's going on. Now, I know that we were still in the process of purchasing some land. How How is that particular uh we're still, we're still fundraising, mm-hmm. um, and we're about to get together a private investment group under the Black Achievement Fund for mm-hmm. our members who want to invest privately as well as donating to our real estate development fund. Mm-hmm. So that's another opportunity that we're about to uh, open up. And again, this is a bunch of people pooling money together, and we're going to be buying single, I'm sorry, multifamily residential properties right. um, to start off with mm-hmm. in between the uh, $1.5 and $4 million range. So those are the things that we have um, in terms of real estate. Mm-hmm. We also just got the um, space next door to the Kimmich Club um, as well. So mm-hmm. by the time you come here for Juneteenth, the Kimmich Club will be double the size. Oh, wow. Excellent, excellent yep. work. Now, I know that uh, you're going to do some other things to include. Uh, I definitely want to continue to talk to you about my daughter's tea cakes. And I know that you're going to be doing a thing where people can put their products there because people order her tea cakes from all over the world. So mm-hmm. definitely want to mm-hmm. get her on the shelf there so I can continue to help her to grow her business. Soon as possible, actually, brother Washington. <laughs> Soon as possible. So you know, whenever if you want to call me sometime this week and uh-huh. have her set it up. But we really, really want to showcase what the Black Achievement Fund is all about, and having these types of collaborations and partnerships with our business members mm-hmm. to help market and promote them. You know, I can't think of a better way to show how unity works above all better than being a part of no community. Right. And one thing I I have to say on the air uh, to our listening audience, and this can be heard anywhere in the world. You just go to, um, to the, the, what is it called? The um, app store and you'll see UNLV's um, platform there where you, you can listen to this anywhere in the world. And I say that because I think that what we got to do is continue to, to grow things. And I can tell you that from from my being down there and seeing the work that has been done with the Black Achievement Fund and, and, and the reach, the far reach and the continued reach, as long as we continue to work or start to work even closer together as a group of people, we'll do fine. So I want to thank you for this uh uh, short notice, come on, but you did. You're doing well, and we appreciate you. And for Black History Month, let's uh, let's do let's do the work, y'all. 
because things are there uh, for yeah, us to have. You know I'm here for a Black History Month segment, mm-hmm. too, so mm-hmm. <laughs> let me know if you need me in the future for the, this month. All right. Appreciate you, Brother Ike. Take care and tell everybody I said hello. And I got to get back into right. the uh, the Saturday uh, meditation. I got to get back on the air. So thank you, sir. Oh, yeah, we were talking about you. We miss you. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll get back in. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Great. Once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. I want to encourage you guys to check out the National Coalition of 100 Black Women, their fifth annual African fashion show, February 26th. At 1 p.m., guest speaker Clay T. White at the Paris Hotel. Tickets call 702-350-1264. And again, to our veterans out there who may need some help, don't forget to call our service officer, Mr. Tony Marshall, 301-537-9465. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. And again, the Washingtons will be celebrating the 7 birthday of Miss Marsha Lynn, Marsha Lynn, Washington. I love my wife. And I appreciate and love my director. He he's produces this show. He keeps me on track. Thank you, Wes. 91.5, Jazz and More. Talk to you soon. This is Dave Washington. <laughs>